Welcome to episode 24 of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. Let's jump right in with some movie stuff. And the final trailer for Aquaman has been released. Tickets are now on sale as we are getting very, very close. Less than a month away here in the States, even less in certain international markets. What do you think of this final trailer? Um, I, I honestly don't even know what to think because it's just so, so beautiful. And it... <sighs> A lot of times in like in trailers like this, it's not super co- cohesive because they'll start with one piece of music and then they'll move to like another piece of music. So the trailer's almost in two halves and it's like trying to tell two different stories or show two different sides of the film. And that's what I love about this trailer is it's the one single piece of music the whole time, which the score to this is absolutely amazing. It sounds really, really good. Um, but it's the same music the whole way through and it's telling like one cohesive story and you can you like get pulled in right from the first second and it never lets you go and we get to see all of this insane stuff underwater including what looks like it almost looks like space battles but underwater and it looks as cool if not cooler than the coolest space battles i've ever seen and there's some really really cool ones in star wars and like this honestly this looks better yeah i mean that the underwater stuff looks cooler than you could ever reasonably expect to see reading Aquaman comics, expecting to see something like that on the big screen. It looks way better than I could have imagined. Uh, the way, you know, the comic accuracy of the costumes and the sets and all that, it looks very inventive, very beautiful. I mean, this is just a great trailer. Everything looks fantastic. It, The scope, the colors, the characters all jump off screen. This feels like a really epic, large-scale film that um, it's got to be pretty exciting as a fan of of Aquaman and I don't I don't have a ton of analysis for this trailer other than it looks great uh, I try not to watch them that many times the final trailers as we get closer here try to keep it fresh and everything but this looks good but how about those giant underwater creatures there's one that kind of looks like Topo who is old school sidekick to Aquaman starting back in the 50s he's actually been around longer than um, most of the cast of this film most of the characters in this film but i don't think it's that we also got news from entertainment weekly that julie andrews is going to voice the underwater creature carathon the most powerful creature on earth according to james wan she from julie andrews from mary poppins and the sound of music they're going to use her voice for the character with a little bit of digital alteration i think that's really cool that's probably what one of those big creatures at the end is yeah and i seeing one of those big creatures i don't i don't think i would have ever thought to cast julie andrews but they did and i'm i'm sure it's going to work fantastic but it's just it's really funny to think that she's going to be playing one of those giant creatures yeah that's really exciting but yeah i mean this looks good i'm i'm ready to go and uh, a lot of people are with tickets being on sale there's going to be exclusive screenings in select theaters december 15th for amazon prime members in the u.s and Deadline had an article about how the sales are doing. It is Adam Ticket's bestseller ever in the first 24 hours. That's a newer site, but that's encouraging. And on Fandango, they said there's been better sales than Venom and Mission Impossible Fallout. Venom opened to just over 80 million and Mission Impossible Fallout opened to 61 million. If it's able to top those, um, that doesn't necessarily mean it will translate to that. But if it's able to top that, that's a really strong start, especially this time of year with that competition. <laughs> Yeah, a really, really strong start. Yeah, if it can top Venom, if it can get 80 million or above, that's that's above the highest range of the the last time they did um, estimates for the opening weekend. That's above their top range. So that that would be a really good, really good opening. Yeah, an official tracking should be out soon. 
right. later this week. They had those box office pro projections. Those came out and they bumped them up a little bit. The the opening weekends from what we'd initially talked about, but it's good. Things are moving in the right direction, and um, yeah, it's exciting. We're very close to this film. Next up, we have an official title for the Birds of Prey movie. Um, strap yourself in, you know, make a nice cup of coffee, get comfortable. It's going to take a while for me to read this. Uh, the official title is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yes, that, that is a bit of a mouthful. Uh, Margot Robbie put that out on Instagram on the script there, and I thought it was maybe a joke, but it, it has been confirmed that it is the official title by The Hollywood Reporter, although with most of it in parentheses. Um, yeah, most people are going to call it Birds of Prey still. This is long. Uh, it kind of rides the line between cute and obnoxious, which Harley Quinn as a character does uh, from time to time, depending on the writing, and uh, generally leans one side. But she can be obnoxious, especially some people think that. So I think that's kind of fitting. Yeah, it's that's perfect. I didn't even think of it like that. But yeah, it is. It's it kind of encapsulates Harley Quinn as a character in a title which is good i i'm excited because my theater uses like the old school letters that they have to change by (laughs) hand up on the marquee so i'm really hoping that they have to put this full thing on there and like there's just a guy that they they brought in now to get started is that outdoors okay and this is going to come out in february (laughs) of of 2020 so he's going to be out there in the freezing cold winter i can just picture him moving one letter at a time that's fantastic um yeah (laughs) the title doesn't mean anything when it comes to the quality of the movie but I think this will grab some people's attention and it will make other people less interested, which is um, fair because it's a, probably a fair representation of what the film will be. Right. And it's, it is, I guess it's doing its job because when, when do we ever talk about the official titles of film? Hardly ever because it's like Aquaman or Justice League. It's, there's not like normally a big crazy name after it. Yeah. But this does tell us, I mean, if you were thinking maybe Harley and the Joker would still be together in this film, I think that pretty much leaves out the chances of that whether we even see the joker or not i think it's clearly going to be harley with the birds of prey out on their own journey we also sort of dc related the trailer for the lego movie 2 the second part came out just a couple of quick dc things there's some brief snippets of will arnett's batman we also get a dancing superman and green lantern that's that's interesting that looks fun uh and there's general mayhem is the villain who i only mentioned because he looks like a uh he's got adam strange's costumes with a little bit of different color on it he does look like adam strange yeah there's i mean this is never super deep into dc stuff but they they do actually now that i say that they do do some deep cuts now and then and bring in some obscure characters especially in the lego batman movie there obviously won't be as many in this but there's some fun dc stuff and these are just they're fun goofy movies if you like these kind of movies anyway so I'm going to see it. I like the first one. And it's just a nice added bonus that there's some DC characters in there. Yeah, no idea how much DC stuff will be in it, how big of a role Batman will have. Probably a decent size. But yeah, it comes out in February. All right, next up, uh, we got a couple additional images from HBO's Watchmen on their Instagram. If you remember a couple weeks back now, they released just the one picture out of nowhere of the police officer with the yellow mask. And it looks like that's not just a necessarily a new character with a mask there's a bunch of police officers wearing masks like that so they released two more images um one with the the caption masks save lives and it's just a row of police officers and a building of some kind they all have the mask on and you can also see that on their arm they have a tulsa police so it looks like at least part of the story is going to be happening in tulsa oklahoma i don't know if the whole story is centered there if that's where the main cast characters is or what's going on there 
Uh, and then the second picture is has a, the caption hiding in plain sight. And we see just, again, just one masked police officer, but they're standing in front of a, a Tulsa police car with like a yellow ramming rod on the front of it and lights. And so there's a lot of play on the black and yellow theme. And I maybe a character who's a someone you're rooting for is hiding in, amongst these police officers by wearing a mask now that these policemen are wearing masks. So not really sure what's going on, but lots of interesting stuff coming out of uh, out of their Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Just some brief teases. I am. This makes me think of the the Tulsa Police. Just it reminds me what kind. What would the world look like if thirty years ago the events of Watchmen happened in real life? Which is the approach they're taking to the series, and I'm really curious to see what that world looks like. Yeah, me too. Elsewhere on TV, Hulu has ordered a pilot for the DC Vertigo series Sweet Tooth. This was a 40-issue series written by, written and drawn by Jeff Lemire from 2009 to 2013, uh, yeah, based on the Vertigo comic. And they had a TV series synopsis for what the show will be, which is, the, which is obviously based on the comic. Yeah, and it says, Sweet Tooth is a coming-of-age fable of Gus, a boy-deer hybrid who leaves home to find the world ravaged by a cataclysmic event. He joins a ragtag family of hybrids and humans searching to find answers beyond, behind the event ultimately discovering a vast conspiracy that forces him to question his very existence. So definitely a very kind of unique um, story idea. I I don't think I, I can't name a lot of TV shows where there's a boy-deer hybrid. <laughs> um, this might be the first one. Probably. Yeah, I have not, I haven't read any of this yet. So I'm, I'm definitely will check out some of it before we hear anything from it. But yeah, it's a bit of a post-apocalyptic story, which are still all the rage yeah i don't know what the how they're gonna make the what they're gonna make guests look like but that will be something to look forward to um yeah so just another dc series out there it's gonna be written and produced by jim mickle from happen leonard and team downey which is robert downey jr and susan downey's production company yeah so not necessarily robert downey is probably himself not producing personally maybe he is um but it's cool that they're they're involved uh, next up, production has started on DC Universe's Swamp Thing series. So Crystal Reed, who's playing Abby Arcane, shared a behind-the-scenes photo of director Lynn Wiseman on Instagram. Uh, nothing like you can actually see from the series. It's just a picture of him on the camera, literally behind the scenes. Um, but still cool that, to know that the ball's rolling. It's it's getting going. Yeah, and Wiseman also shared some location scouting, pictures, videos, which is just some people on a boat dry, you know, driving yeah. around the swamp. So, uh, But it is cool. They're looking for actual swamp locations and and that kind of stuff for the Swamp Thing series. It, it makes sense. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. We also got our first look at Donna Troy in Titans, which is just Donna Troy, not Wonder Girl. She's just hanging out. So not a lot to take from this other than confirmation that Connor Leslie will be playing the character and she will first appear in next week's episode eight titled appropriately Donna Troy. Yeah, it's it's funny when it's just like, a quote-unquote normal person who is coming to a show because all the pictures are just like, okay, there's somebody drinking a cup of coffee. We're taking a picture. <laughs> it's it's really cool that they're bringing her in. And obviously, you know, speculation, are we going to have Wonder Girl? She's traditionally associated with the Titans, but um, for now, it just looks like it's just Donna Troy. Yeah, and this definitely could be something that lays the groundwork for her to have a bigger role down the line. And this is one of, the, one of my favorite things with this series is how it feels like a a fully realized DC world where Hawk and Dove can pop yeah. up, the Doom Patrol can pop up, Jason Todd, Donna Troy, they can all show up. And I really like that that aspect about it. There's lots of different things and they, they show up for an episode and then they're on their way and maybe they'll pop back up later. 
yeah, it's it's really nice to to be in charge of the company that's making this because I'm assuming that their licensing agreements are a little simpler. They can probably bring in a lot of characters into these shows and it doesn't seem like they're shying away from that. And that's really cool. Next up, John Cryer, who you might know from Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, and Two and a Half Men, uh, has been cast to play a different Luther instead of Lenny Luther. He's playing Lex Luther in a recurring role for Supergirl Season 4. Uh, he's going to debut in Episode 15 and then be around recurringly, I guess. Yeah, Lenny Luther. Um, I was a big fan of his Lenny Luther in Superman yeah. 4. Have you seen John Cryer in any more serious or dramatic roles? Uh, I mean... More serious than Lenny Luther? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, honestly, Lenny, I haven't seen much Two and a Half Men. The most I've probably seen John Cryer is from Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. So I know he's most well-known as a comedic actor. That doesn't mean he can't play a more serious role. Um, But an interesting choice. He is a a pretty big name, I guess, guess to get for Lex Luthor. Uh, so that's good. It is. It's going to be a little strange. He's 53. Brenda Strong, who plays Lillian Luthor, is 58. Which, um, you know, you can play different ages or do all sorts of weird things in comic books. But um, we saw we saw Brenda Strong two years ago with a, I don't know, 10-year-old Lex Luthor. So that makes it extra strange. Uh, he has aged much more rapidly than his mother. Um, but yeah, that's just a thing that happens sometimes in casting. Um, but yeah, Lex Luthor is going to be on his way. Yeah. So overall, what do you think of the idea of having Lex Luthor on Supergirl? I mean, I'm not terribly excited about it uh but let's i guess i'll wait and see i can't think of a good way to to fit him in in an obvious way so i guess we'll just wait and see uh how he fits in then yeah i i I just hope that they don't do the same thing that they kind of did with superman where they need to show that lena is strong so they do that by making lex weak it hopefully they can show her as strong because she's strong and lex is strong and they're both really strong yeah and absolutely yeah. Um, yeah, I hope they don't push down one character to show up the other. It's just kind of like I wouldn't want um, Joker to show up on Arrow just for Ricardo Diaz to bring down the Joker or something like that. And so it's, it's right. the same way. I don't want this is one of my favorite villains of all time. So uh, I have high expectations for whenever the character is introduced. So I'm going to have extra scrutiny just like when Superman shows up. But um, yeah, I'm, uh, I hope I hope they have a good way to bring him in or have a good idea to bring him in other than just, hey, let's bring in Lex Luthor because that's a big name. We finally have a release date for season three of Young Justice, Young Justice Outsiders, as it is being called. And it is going to be Friday, January 4th. Yeah, coming up pretty soon. Uh, lots of lots of good original stuff on DC Universe. Yeah, not surprising. We knew that was going to be the show to show up after Titans on DC Universe. So there is confirmation. All right, moving into elseworlds uh new stuff just a kind of a general spoiler warning i i don't think we'll get super duper into the details but if you don't really want to know anything if you kind of want to go in fresh um we'll we'll have some details in here that you probably want to skip Yeah, especially we're just a couple weeks away now so um yeah we don't get anything this is all publicly released stuff but if you don't want any story details or whatever i would stay away yep uh so first up there's a, a new comic book style like cover poster for elseworlds and if you remember they did that last year and they did it again this year um so amy reader did the art on this um and we get get to see the different characters kind of punching each other and they're you can tell by the beards double that they're (laughs) swapped flashing green arrow um but yeah what did you think of this this comic book cover really cool really cool i like when they do this whenever they do tie-ins to 
the comic books to make a comic book poster or whatever like that. I, I always enjoy that. So this is really cool seeing them all in action. Got crazy Dr. Deegan down there at the bottom and the monitor just kind of overlooking, looking angry. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's really cool. And not taking away from this one at all. This one is really good. But last year's was just so, so good that it's kind of hard to live up to that. Um, that one will be my favorite for a while to come probably unless they do something else. But yeah, this one is really cool. That, too. Was, that was very different. The Crisis on Earth X where they had the right. portraits, the face shots of, yeah. of everybody all around, all around there very much like the classic jla jsa team ups uh this is different but yeah i like them both i might i don't know which one i might like this better but it also might just be because it's recent so i like them both and batwoman stuff we've got some more batwoman teases including a new look at ruby rose in costume yeah in costume with the grappling gun and a good look at it and the this is you know this looks like it's still from actual action and stuff Mm -hmm. in it it looks really good the horns sticking out of the hair the super bright hair the whole costume and yeah the grappling gun looks really cool yeah she looks i mean she looks fantastic there's not much else to say about that and we also got our first footage of her in one of the new elseworlds teasers that also had grant gustin as green arrow uh what'd you think of that footage um again not a whole lot to go off of but again it's i think we say this about their costumes all the time but seeing it in action and actually seeing somebody walk around and move in it really gives you a a better picture of the quality of it and it, it looks really good um and it just it gets me intrigued about it. It it looks like she's going to have some some good action kind of stuff going on. Yeah, and along that lines, in, in the promo they mentioned Batman. You can hear them talking about that. And uh, there's a lot of this stuff comes from Entertainment Weekly. There's various links in the notes, but they mentioned what they're how they're going to address the Batman thing. Uh, Oliver thinks that Batman is an urban legend, but Barry wants to meet him. So presumably, this Gotham. This is pretty much confirmation. I would say that Batwoman is on Earth-1, where Flash and Arrow are. And uh, according to them, Batman has been gone for three years, and Gotham has become overrun by crime. Uh, That's kind of what Gotham does, especially without a Batman. So, yeah, uh, what do you think of this approach? Um, It's interesting. It's interesting that they think he's an urban legend. I I figured he would be more established, and like people would really know who he is and know that he's he's not fake. Like, I, I would think he'd be more in the public eye of, yes, Batman is a real person, but because he's been gone for three years, it makes sense that they think maybe he's an urban legend, hasn't been around. And from all the other promos and stuff, it seems like Oliver and Barry know have all their memories from memories from their Earth and their real reality or whatever. So it seems like that is the real reality, not this different reality. So Batman has really been gone for three years, if that's how they remember it, uh, or maybe that's just what they're they're figuring out in this new reality. Oh, I should I should if clarify that. Sentence that. made any sense at all? <laughs> I should clarify that was that was from the producers that say Batman has been gone for three years and Gotham yeah. has been overrun by crime. If I if I said that wrong, um, but yeah, that's that's an interesting. I kind of like Batman as an urban legend when he's where he's out there fighting crime, but it's it's at night, not a lot of people see it, so that can make sense. Um, it, conveniently, three years would date back to before the first alien invasion so you don't have to answer where was batman at that right. time um that would there were some star city was under threat several times and central city had been threatened by that point but you don't have to wonder where batman why batman didn't show up during when the dominators came around or anything like that um I, you know i don't know if there is a perfect way to have a gotham bat centered story that doesn't directly involve batman but still um but still mentions him. I don't know if there is a perfect way for that to happen. I guess this is probably one of the better options. 
that Batman has been gone for three years because they're not going to want to say Batman doesn't exist because they they probably hope that they can still use Batman one day on these shows. So I don't think that it's perfect, but I think it, it works for the most part. Although, would this Batman have Robins hanging around or a Batgirl or all that? You know, it still brings up lots of questions. Uh, where is Batman and why did he let his city go to crap? Yeah. And obviously, we won't get a ton of answers to that. And the, the main focus will be on Batwoman, which is awesome because that's mm-hmm. that's really cool. We haven't really seen Batwoman in live action. So, yeah, cool stuff. Absolutely. We also got a promo for Supergirl, which is just Alex and Kara in Star Labs. It looks like Kara is in the pipeline there. And Alex is looking mean. She's got long hair and she's got a Superman symbol on her chest. Yeah. So it looks like they didn't switch like Barry and um, Barry and Oliver did, but there's definitely some some switching of reality that is not good for Kara. And there's also a new photo of Clark Kent and Lois Lane on the Kent farm. Interestingly, that's the exact same Kent farm that was used for filming in Smallville. Yeah, it's it's cool to see that again. You know, it brings back a lot of memories. Honestly, this might be more jarring for me than seeing <laughs> Stephen Amell as the Flash and Grant Gustin as Green Arrow because. I, I'm just thinking that's that's Tom Welling and Erica Drance's farm. You know, that's more right. jarring to see other characters taking it over for their own. It's it's weird for me to see. Um, but there's there's also an interesting thing in there. They started the, they start their meetings for the crossover in March. So before last season even ended, they were planning this season's crossover, which is kind of cool. And Greg Berlanti had already asked for and received permission to use Superman by that time this past year. Yeah. So this this has definitely been the plan for a long time and. I'm still really interested to see how they use Superman, um, but we'll see. Now let's talk some story deal- details on Elseworlds from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, there's going to be more comedy in this crossover than previous years. We see some of that with uh, the actors switching roles and that kind of thing, but it's, it's going to be funnier, a little lighter. Yeah, and we, there hasn't been a ton of comedic moments in the in the trailers, but it's definitely a comedic situation, like you said, with them switching roles. I'm sure they'll get into all kinds of trouble and problems with that especially i'm i think of the two i'm much more excited to see barry trying to be the green arrow just because <laughs> he doesn't exactly i let me how would i say this nicely he doesn't exactly have the build of a traditional green arrow <laughs> um so it'll be interesting to see that doesn't look like someone you would be stereotypically i'm saying this he doesn't look like someone you would be worried about in hand-to-hand combat as much as Stephen amell yeah um yeah there, there can be some fun for those the, the last couple have had lots of comedy but there was also some very serious moments as well uh, with Professor Stein last year, especially. So um, maybe this is a sign they will lighten up. Uh, it's going to focus heavily on the trio of Green Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl. There's going to be a Legends of Tomorrow cameo, and it will be more episodic. So the Arrow episode will feel more like an Arrow episode, and but there will still be an ongoing narrative. Yeah, it's cool that there's going to be a, a Legends of Tomorrow cameo. I know that I was a little bummed that they weren't going to be included in the crossover but if we get to see them in some capacity that's pretty cool yeah i wonder if they do something funny with brandon routh or maybe bring in sarah uh, sarah lance to just meet the team or whatever is going on there but uh, it makes sense for the elseworlds to be a little more episodic i think because i think they'll do multiple realities so each episode will have a different reality maybe and as long as there's an ongoing narrative i'm cool with that i did like how crisis on earth x was one big long story and this sounds like it's going back towards more of invasion where there's still separate stories in each thing, but hopefully they all tie together well. Yeah, and like you said, for the for the kind of stories that they're telling, it it makes sense for this to be more episodic. And whereas last year, the kind of story that they were telling made more sense to be more cohesive. 
And lastly, we got a new promo for Elseworlds. Not a full trailer. Usually they do a full trailer about a week out, two plus minute one, but this is a little over 30 seconds. Another new promo for Elseworlds where we get to see everybody about. Yeah, we get to see Dr. Deegan, it looks like, using maybe the the Book of Destiny and talking and working with the monitor, perhaps. But uh, whoever they cast, I I don't remember his name, but he... Jeremy Davies. He looks like an... yeah, Jeremy Davies. He looks like an evil guy. I, they did a good job. He does not look like a nice person. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to tie all this together. If the monitor is working with Dr. Deegan or if they call him Dr. Destiny or whatever, or why he has the Book of Destiny. I'm, I'm really curious to see how that all fits together. Uh, we also get to see John Wesley's ship flash saying, do not do to this earth what you did to mine, which yeah, that- which makes me wonder, Does are they going to reference the old 1990 seri- series, That Earth, or... I'm slightly worried. We haven't gotten confirmation that that is exactly this flash is the from the one from the 1990s series. So I wonder if this is just Jay Garrick from Earth 3. Barry goes to find him to see if anything's screwy with him. And it turns out that he is just Jay Garrick and he's been given a different costume and everybody calls him Barry Allen. I'd be very disappointed if that's the case, but I think there's a possibility that that happens. Yeah, that's a possibility. Obviously, I'm I'm with you 100%. I, I would absolutely love if we get some sort of, even if it's just kind of a throwaway line, but some sort of explanation that it was that 90s TV show that he he is that same Flash and that Dr. Deegan or the Monitor, whoever did something to cancel his Earth or cancel his show, whatever, um, it, he ended up over here. So yeah, and it's it's always really cool to, well, I don't know why always, I haven't seen it that much, but it's really cool to see him in that costume. He looks fantastic. Oh yeah, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to <laughs> in Elseworlds. By far, probably. Uh, And then we also get this. It looks like we're going to see evil Superman versus Supergirl Flash Flash and Green Arrow. Yeah, big fight between big characters. Um, I hope we get to see Superman fight other people other than Supergirl since we've already kind of seen that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, looks cool. Well, that is it for Elseworlds. But we are getting close. Yeah, just less than two weeks away now. All right, and last up, we have a Twitter question from at ChrisAnello7. Who is your favorite Batman character? Man, I like a lot, a lot of them. Uh, there are a ton of Batman characters I like. Starting with Batman, I would say, but I'm, I'm assuming this question means supporting characters. Um, yeah, there's a ton. Just thinking of the Alfred. Alfred's great. Uh, do you have anybody that jumps out to you? Um, so I'd say I I really like Zatanna because I... I have been on the record that I don't like magic in comic books, but she is maybe the one exception that I like it when she's in the in the stories. I think she they use her in very interesting stories and she's she's a unique enough character and her magic makes enough enough sense to me that it's okay to be mixed in. So I, I'd say I like her because she made me like magic in comic books, which is kind of hard. Um and then the Riddler um has always been my favorite Batman villain. And so I, I would love to see him again in some sort of some sort of capacity in live action. That's interesting. I didn't I wasn't thinking of Zatanna, but I mean, she would probably be near the top of my list. Um, I, I think she's a separate enough character that I wouldn't necessarily yeah. um, count that the way I was thinking more Bat family, which the question doesn't say. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more Bat family. So the Robins and everything like that. Nightwing is really cool. Robin, the original Robin Dick Grayson is cool. I like all of them. Tim Drake. Jason Todd, less so, um, but he serves a cool purpose. I might say Barbara Gordon as Oracle as my favorite. I like her more as Oracle than even Batgirl. I just think that's really cool to have such a great character 
who is in a wheelchair and still able to fight crime and take down everything. I think she's a really cool character in that way. But yeah, I like a lot of them, the the bat characters, even if you're counting Commissioner Gordon or Alfred and all of them. There's not many I don't like, but if I had to pick one, it would probably be either Nightwing or Oracle. Yeah, those are those are really good picks too. And you know, it's hard because there are so many good characters in the Batman family. And I'll I'll add another one in there, Terry McGinnis, mm. Batman Beyond, Batman. Yeah. I really, really like that that was that was a cartoon right in the prime years of of my childhood and so that's probably going to stick with me for a long time yeah that's that's a good point i figured you would have gone with terry mcginnis as as up there in the favorites but yeah a lot of good choices to choose from and i I think we talked a lot about how batman's a great character but that such a well-developed supporting cast is what makes him one of the most popular characters out there all right well that is all we have for today thanks for listening and we'll be back soon